are here with another episode of Barbie Does Dating. I am your host, Miss Barbie Berg. We are here with my producer, Nick Galetti. Hello. And the funny man himself, Steve Solberg. Hey. Good to be back. And we have guests today, which always makes me really excited. And I've been trying to get them on the show for a while, and I did not realize they moved south, so that makes it a little more <laughs> difficult. And they, you know, have kids and all that stuff. So, Soraya, tell me how you say your new last name. RV Zoo. Like, driving the RV to the zoo. And that's what every day feels like. <laughs> we go now. Baby. So, Soraya. Why you got to do the dirty like that? Tell me under the bus already. It's messed up. Oh, <laughs> uh, you threw me under the RV, not under the bus. You threw me under the RV. Okay. He's there. He's there. So, Soraya, formerly Soraya Simmons, was... Steve and I were talking about it. I'm like, she was like the social person to know in mid-singles, especially when I moved to Utah. And yes. so she was a big deal. Okay, introduce your husband. This is my husband, Kiko, and he requires no introduction <laughs> in dabbed. Southern Utah. So what I was to the mid-singles, he is to Southern Utah. We can't go to Costco. We can't go to the store. We can't go to St. George. We can't go to Las Vegas. We can't go to an amusement park in Southern California with somebody in Southern Utah knowing him. So when we walk around town now, I'm like the nobody in the shadows and nobody knows and nobody recognizes. It's great. That must feel really <laughs> weird, actually, because everyone knows you. Like, I was just pulling up my Facebook thing and I was like, you have 68,000 followers on Facebook? What is that? I don't know. It just happened like, <laughs> recently, like over, started during COVID. That's what okay. it was. Everybody was at home and I gained like 50,000 followers during COVID. And then Another, you know, almost 20,000. Oh, I've lost a few too, mm -hmm. but about 20,000 uh, in the past year. So. Good heavens. So my perspective on Soraya was when I moved here, I, I met you in like 2012, 2013. It was fairly at it the beginning. It was a long time ago. It was when I first barely moved here. And you were like the person I wanted to know because I was kind of that person back in Colorado, but I was in a YSA ward. And then I came out here and I was in mid-singles. And I didn't know anybody. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to get to know people. And not that we ever really, like, hung out that much. But I was like, this is my person. I love this girl. And oh, so, I loved you from the start, too. I mean, since the first time we met, I was like, I loved your energy. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, let's just talk about how great I am through the whole thing. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Guys, go, go ahead and get your gush fest over with really quick. No. Be um, over here just waiting. It's solely okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many followers do you have? She has 50, 60,000. How many you got? That's none of your business, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Chow. He has 50. Period. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? I got, the, I got the one that mattered the most, and she's got 70,000 followers because she follows me. That's oh. right. That is right. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Okay, so let's just give a little background. You both were married before. Yes. And then... You were both big in the mid-single scene, but he was down south, and you were I mean, up here. I was not big in the no? mid-single scene. I didn't even know it was a, a construct. I didn't even know it existed. No. So, yeah, we won't go into that. We'll, just, we'll go later. He's just big, and he's been in Southern Utah for 25 years. Okay. It's a smaller town, so... There's not a lot of tall, everybody like, knows six him. foot, two tall, slim, with a tilted brim, Hispanic guy named Kiko Southern Utah. <laughs> kind of hard to miss so i was like you know it is it is what it is our first date in cedar city he took me i think to chili's and which i was big like big time for cedar which is big time it's like the fanciest place you can go in cedar city 
<laughs> and we're sitting there and the waitress walks up and she's like, oh, um, your meal's been paid for. And I was like, what? And somebody in the Chili's that knows him saw us out and paid for our meal. And I was like, who are you? So <laughs> yeah. kind of, I'm like, are you going to run for mayor someday? Like, what is going on? And deep down inside, I'm kind of like, you know, like, want to, like, lick my eyebrows and be like, yeah, don't stab, girl. That's like, right. That's him right. Up, he really... He really is just a normal person, but he's been here forever, and clearly he makes friends. What happens in a small town when it's a town of less than thirty thousand people? You run into everybody and everybody out Club Walmart. I know the only like (laughs) like the only mid singles out of Las or not Las Vegas. I want to say Las Vegas out of Cedar City. I already knew. So yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good move, you know, to to give someone money in advance and then make them pay for the meal. That, that's a that's a pretty slick move. I like that. <laughs> Take notes, my friend. Take notes. <laughs> Make yourself look like a really big deal on that first date. That's right. <laughs> exactly. They don't. What they don't know won't hurt them. <laughs> so the first thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about, especially Soraya, was: Am I saying your name right? Now that I say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I pronouncing your name right, Soraya? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because I do that sometimes. Okay. I just wanted to kind of ask you about like, what was mid-singles dating like for you? Do you have any tips or anything for people who are kind of in this land still internally? And, and maybe lose, use the, uh, let's just say post or... or uh, oh, that's true. Post-divorce. Post-divorce, yeah. yeah. Rather than post-divorce. mid-single. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, we both dated with kids. He was only single for, I think, five years. I was single for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Five years and for a man is like dog years. Like, it was like forever. <laughs> yep. Man was not meant to be alone in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> and it was hard. And this is before Tinder and all the apps when I first started dating. I had never heard about a YSA ward because I was off in the military when I was single and I left the church for a while. So, mm-hmm. like, I didn't even know that that existed. And, um, so when I got divorced at like 28, I didn't know what to do. And I was single for a while and I tried meeting people online. I think on like, there's some really old webs, LDS dating websites. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the names anymore. That's back when it was still kind of creepy to like, oh yeah, people online, wasn't yeah. It? it was creepy. Yeah. And then I moved to Las Vegas and I heard somebody somewhere mentioned there was a YSA ward that took kids in Las Vegas. And I was like, what? Oh. They have a primary? So I started going to that ward and then I actually went and rented a condo in that ward so I could officially be in the boundaries. <laughs> and I went to my first mid-singles, like non-official activity because it wasn't, there weren't MSA wards back then. There wasn't like an official church thing. It yeah. was all just our own. And I went to a dance in LA with my very first any sort of activity. And it literally changed my life. I was like, this exists. There are other people like me. I am not floundering by myself. Like finding a ward that had a primary for singles was mind blowing. It totally changed everything for me. And then I went to this big event with like hundreds and hundreds of people. And it was a, it was a YSA event, but there I met people who are involved in MSA stuff actually. Mm-hmm. And I met um, Matt Campbell and I went to the Huntington Beach Mid-Singles Ward, which is the first Mid-Singles Ward that I am aware of ever existed. Yeah. And that was that. I picked his brain and me and some friends back in Las Vegas. Um, we were like, let's do this ourselves. 
let's create a missing was word in Las Vegas. I got criticized. I got uh, <laughs> called into my state president's office and told I was going to get excommunicated if I kept it up. The area oh, presidency gosh. got involved. <laughs> <laughs> We started scheduling, started planning our very first mid-singles activities. It was at Pirates Cove. Anybody heard about that? Oh, wow. Yeah. We went out Pirates Cove. I do. That's a cool and place. I was just like the talent. I didn't actually do all the planning back then. <laughs> I just sort of just showed up and I got to sleep at the Pirates Cove one night in the, the I don't know, the voodoo room. And the entire room there is covered in like voodoo masks. Yeah. From New Orleans. Yeah, that's not creepy at all. I didn't sleep out all <laughs> night. It was so creepy. Don't ever do that. Um, but that's how it all started. And then eventually we got a couple of mid-singles words there. We got some mid-singles institutes. Um, we did some big parties. Then I moved to California and got helped get some mid-singles words going on there. And then eventually I came to Utah and just started doing it. Got, I went away from like the church stuff and just started doing parties yep, and retreats on my own. And that was life-changing for me. I mean, totally changed the game as far as dating because I just stopped dating. I just started planning these things. And if I ran into somebody who I thought was cool, then we'd hang out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was big, having a community to help me go through it. And like when Kiko first met me and he learned about them, it was kind of life-changing for him too. And he wished he would have known sooner. Yeah. Not that... It was, he didn't get to spend much time because as soon as he saw me, you know, we pulled each other out of it. No, not we, me. <laughs> I pulled you out of it. You're welcome. Hashtag eternity. Yeah. <laughs> he knew what he wanted and he wasn't going to stop. So, great caveman. Oh, caveman. Like, 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 big time. Like, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't know anything about this, like, this whole mid single stuff. Cause, like, Here's some real talk. Like men, like we fall through the cracks within the the church. Right? I think that's almost any church. And like you hear this like, problem. Yeah. The, the couple of two, the two or three places where I lived, I'm like, I was invisible. Right. And then after um uh Sarai and I actually started going uh to the war we were in before, I had been in that war for like three years. I was like, Oh, are you guys new here? And I was just like <laughs> Firstly, I've been the one like in the basement behind the Cedar City Temple, bachelor, trying to get his life, crying because I need some help because yep. I'm broken. And you guys just don't even care about me. No, not that guy. I'm the new guy <laughs> that just showed up in your ward. <laughs> no, my husband's been in the ward for three years with his four kids. And they're like, what? I'm like, dude. Yeah. So <laughs> men get complete. We get overlooked. But you know what, though? It's okay. Like, I made it out. I'm on the other side of it. And it's all good, but maybe you know the the, the leadership maybe can uh, you know, maybe take some notes there. Yeah, but it was it was um like interesting for him, and now when he has friends that are going through a divorce, because it just seems to continue to happen. Right? I used to joke like, I'm not worried if my husband if I don't find my husband yet, because he's probably just being so loyal to his first wife. He hasn't divorced her yet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I joke about that too. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's okay. My first husband isn't divorced yet. Or he's, you know, he's not single. That's all there is to it. Or it'll be fine. He's not of legal age just yet, but give it a two more years. (laughs) Why does everybody assume I'm a cougar? I'm not. I like old guys. (laughs) 
Because it's becoming more and more okay and young men are coming, they're coming after the ladies more and more. I guess. I don't know. I'm not even trying to talk about that stuff. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, but we actually met, like we had we met on mutual. Okay. I went on for like three days. Until, um until then you were off of it for Yeah, I was off of everything for oh, the longest time. No yeah. Dating apps. No dating apps, nothing. I deleted them. I removed my accounts and then I felt really prompted to like, okay, I gotta put myself out there. So I went and put mutual back on and I was on there for three days and I was like, nope. I'm not doing this. I'll just go back to meeting people at my events and mm-hmm. socializing. And um, and in those three days, he saw me and then he, he low-key stalked me and he <laughs> found me on <laughs> Facebook. Um, it's called due diligence, right? <laughs> I mean, like, he put in the work. Hard to find. Research. Like, it wasn't hard to find. I put everything out there. So he found me on Facebook and Instagram and we were kind of DMing for months actually but never met or anything yeah she was like oh i'm gonna i drive through there all the time to go to california for work we're, we're gonna stop by and we're gonna have lunch yeah crickets like a week <laughs> and months later now i'm like you know what forget this girl like she's there's too many dudes tripping over themselves trying to get with her because like i'm not i mean i'm a simple man right but i can like put two and two together right like, yeah two is like one right isn't it or something like that but you know, close like, so close so i knew yeah. these, i knew that there was no shortage of dudes tripping over themselves and i'm like you know what that's fine like it's all good you know and then um ultimately like i i um on facebook because i wasn't a big facebooker i am now because by default because of her it said that she was going to an event and it was like a, one of the general conference dances that we yeah, after general conference. Yeah, and I'll, I had reservations. Well, because I live in Cedar City, right, and the dance was in Salt Lake. That's a three and a half hour drive, mm-hmm. and all I could think about was like church dance or church sponsored dance. I went like back through the halls of time to when I was a teenager, when I like shortly after my conversion back in when I was fifteen of like the New Year's Eve dances at the Steak Center, and I'm like, I'm not going to go to some Napoleon Dynamite like. <laughs> Church dance in Salt Lake. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna go. No lame, no lame, no lame dancing, right? But to my surprise, when I showed up, it was like in like a club that was like smoke. There was like beautiful people dancing, uh, all manner of beautiful people, right? It's in the eye of the beholder, like all kinds of stuff. And I was like, this place is legit. But all I was there for one reason and one reason only, and that was to go find this woman. And so he legit came at me. Yeah. I love I, that. Walk, and I walked through, I walked, I was walking through, like kind of just kind of kind of get my bearings because like haven't been out in a place like that in a long time. And like I said, beautiful people everywhere. The, I think that like it was like five to one, like women to men, right? Like there was just women everywhere. And <laughs> I'm just like, wow, like smorgasbord of, of amazing, beautiful women. But I, I didn't care. Like I wasn't there to, I wasn't there for that. I was there for her. And then when I saw her, I like low key started like like a like a high school like 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 a, I don't know what you call it it's just like, like you're putting out the vibe like I'm right now like a schoolboy like I lost my my game like I just lost everything like <laughs> Twitter page whatever you want to call it like you know like I just lost my swag my swagaliciousness just went like right out and I was just there just like all vulnerable like staring at her like. Whoa! No, no, he did the. He actually did the mid singles thing, and he came up and he tapped on me on the shoulder behind my back. Like, <laughs> I told you all my game. That's a mid singles thing. You know, no, mid, mid, middle school thing. Middle school, middle school oh, thing. Okay. Right, right. 
Wrong middle. So like yeah. I said earlier, like all, all, all my game and my deliciousness, just like <laughs> it, it's all its glory, like left me. And I was there to stand on my own too. And now I'm like, dude, like, I don't know what to do here. So I'm like, uh, hey, uh, hi, I'm Kiko. And then she immediately was like, I know who you are. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, then. And then after the end, and I just, we, we started dancing and she was all, it was sweat flying everywhere. Cause she was out there doing her thing. Oh, I, I really and I was just like, it was like <laughs> listening. It was, it was like, a, like a movie, man. Like, like it was, it was crazy. He then, fell in love immediately and had to spend the next couple of months pretending like he wasn't already in love with me and gonna ask me to marry him. Oh, he probably knew right away, right? Because I'm just like, but but I I do have one of my strengths is I, I do know how to, to do a jig here and there, like I know how to shake it. So I, you know, when I started doing my groove thing and, and shaking some stuff, right? All of my all my dope delicious just came back in all its glory, and then like <laughs> and then all so, night. I stayed so men that are listening to this podcast, okay, I have seen it all. Like Barbie said, like I managed singles events for over a decade. Mm-hmm. I met people um, from all over the world. I met every mid single I could possibly meet in that time. Ego caught my eye, and here's why. He's handsome, but he's not the most handsome man. He's not the most anything. Like right, he's he's great. But what got my attention was that when he met me, he didn't play the game. He didn't leave my side. He didn't go chase after girls. He wasn't swayed by some of my female friends that were like, oh, there's this hot guy walking towards us. Like he clearly showed his interest. He did not let it waver. Um, That was at the dance when I'm surrounded by other women. And then I broke the cardinal rule. I took sand to the beach. When we were a couple months in, I took him to one of my beach retreats, an entire eight days at Duck Beach, North Carolina. Oh, man. Um, Outer Banks. It was the ultimate test because every other dude I went to trips with, they were all like eyes wander. They all met other people. They're all playing their game behind the table. Like every time and they think that we're so stupid. I'm like, dude, I know you. I know you are like, (laughs) like, okay, whatever. Right. I'm like, I brought you and I brought you for free. You're right. Like, if I, when I would bring somebody, I'd let them come for free. Like, I've made this happen. You can't even give me a week's worth of attention or weekends of attention. But Kiko didn't. He was like, he was very clear in his attentions. He knew what he wanted. He knew what he was looking for. He put me through a litmus test of questions. I thought I was like on an interview at first. Like, I was like, what am I doing? I was I, I was about my business. I was about my business, and like, I knew exactly Christian's what I was doing. We the first couple of days that we were talking, I'm like, "Am I applying for a job? I don't understand." I passed all of his tests, but he knew what he wanted, and he stayed true to that. He was he didn't have a wandering eye, and he invested in that, even though it was like months before I got to where he was at. Right, and um, I was still dating other people, and he was chill. He was cool. He was like. I know what I want and I'm here when you're ready. When you figure it out, I'm here. And he didn't go play the game. He didn't go do all the crap. And I was like, oh, so this is what it's like to take to date a man instead of a little boy. Wow. I was just going to say, I'm like out there for anybody listening. Know what you want and date with intention. Yeah, clarity is power. But but to all my brothers out there, though, in your defense, you, you have to heal the boy and then the man will appear. 
And what Ooh. that means is you have to you have to work through the, your childhood trauma and then also through the trauma that that you're probably experiencing if you were just divorced. And we can talk or about- Or even breakups. Things. I've had or, breakups that are worse than my divorce. Or breakups, right? right? And those are all things that I have to experience and go through the hard way on my own. Um, but there's certain principles that I've learned to, uh, that I apply to help streamline my healing process so that I um, felt good enough to go out there and actually date without causing damage. Because I, because I, I, it's the wild, wild west out there dating. Like it's nuts out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do not want to be out be it be out here doing this stuff like i'm not 21 anymore like i'm in my 40s i don't got time to waste right and so i want to be around quality people but people use people to band-aid right to forget about the last one but then they just are transferring more damage to the next person and it's just a vicious cycle like those people need to just go date over there and let them mess each other up that's called tinder everybody's yeah, broken yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go sow your oats do whatever you need to do go figure out your life and then when that's hinge now or whatever yeah and then when you're ready Come back over here on the path where people are trying to become whole, healthy, and sovereign, right? Where people are ready to unite and build something together right? rather than you know, being super codependent or too independent where like you don't want to go and co-create with somebody else and get into interdependence because that's really the key, right? To have two sovereign individuals coming together, building, relying, not relying on each other, but on our own efforts, becoming one and adding to what we already have because that was one of my minimum standards because men don't a lot a lot of men don't know what they want and women for that matter right they just don't know what they want and if you don't know what you want you're gonna just stumble onto something that you're attracted to or something that's shiny or whatever and then you know the endorphins are going to kick in the dopamine blah 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 and after about like six to eight weeks it's going to wear off now you're stuck with that person for who they are and their default settings and we could talk about what that is later you have to decide, are you willing to unpack that and be okay with that? Or are you just going to move on to the next set of endorphin-inducing stimuli, right? Mm-hmm. And people just don't understand like what they're looking for because they don't know what they want because clarity is power. So if you don't know what you want, anybody's going to suffice, you're going to settle, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're in your second divorce, third divorce, right? And bless their hearts, it's just because they're just lacking a little bit of knowledge and um or, anyway or I think a lot here. of people just aren't even getting to marriage right yeah like that that's that's the that middle age age group is like regardless of marriage there's been so many investments into people that didn't pan out there's so many like some people are like oh you know you had 12 years to get over your divorce and i'm like i don't even think about that anymore mm-hmm. instead being single for over a decade, four decades, never being married. I met all these people that, you know, they just had one heartbreak after the other. And each heartbreak adds new layer of fears, new baggage, new insecurities. And it's, it's hard to, to date when you have all of that. And that was one of the things that I really wanted to do with the mid singles community. Cause I feel like I was building a community. I was trying to, um, actually intentionally, set out to do it. I quit my, my career and decided to live off of my savings for, I lived off of it for like three years Dang. and focused on mid singles. It was like what, what I did full time. And then, um, I didn't make money off of it, but I, I just that put all of my time other than mothering into it. Right. Mm-hmm. That was her calling at the time, so to speak. Right. Yeah, but absolutely. My bishop told me to quit my job and focus on mid-singles 100% of the time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
he even got the state president involved and told me like quit your job and do this and mm-hmm. I was like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> Full disclosure, don't always go and do 100% when you're just a man. Sometimes he's just a man. Sometimes he's not. You should guess, people. <laughs> so, so I was really like focused on it. And the reason why I wanted to do that um, and I became really passionate about it was because I felt like it was a place for healing also. Right? Mm-hmm. Like meeting other people who are going through what you're going through, who have a similar story that understand the pain. Like, it can be very healing just to find people that you can be vulnerable with, who understand. So I'd always tell people like, you don't have to be ready to date to go to one of the events or retreats or hang out when to do any of the things like go to a dance. You don't have to be ready to date. You don't have to be whole healthy and sovereign. Like Kiko said, you just have to show up well, and, and it can help with the healing process. Right. So, um, sorry, sorry, my queen was trying to interrupt. <laughs> As you were, as you were speaking, we interrupt each other a lot. As you, <laughs> as you were speaking with your, with the, all your authority and everything, <laughs> you know, there's a different dynamic, and and because of our ecclesiastical beliefs, right? And there's a difference between culture and tradition, and actually doctrine, true doctrines, right? But people like they want to jump into another marriage just because, like, they don't take enough time to seek deeper and heal more and, and and get more clarity on other things they want to just hurry and jump into something else because they don't want to break their covenants or this and this or sin or transgress or whatever but it's like the whole, the whole point of being here and i'm not i'm not like advocating for you to go out there and, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not saying throw out everything you believe and go out there and get all wild and stuff but yeah. the reality is is like forgiveness is is a real thing but you have to learn you have to go make mistakes and you have to get again clear with what it is that you want. And the only way to do that is you have to go experience some things. Right. And, and, but people are stuck in the, you know, like, Oh, well, I got to get sold in the temple. So like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, how are you going to like, I mean, you have to truly peel the layers back and you can do that without getting into like physical intimacy. Yeah. But the challenge is the temptation is too strong because Oh, you're saying so that's why people jump into marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because people don't want to, you know, they want to get excommunicated, so they just jump into another marriage Absolutely. because like I just want to go have sex. And so I'm just gonna get married so I can get some booty. And the reality is, is like after 45, 60 days, your endorphins wore off and they're like, damn, I don't suck with this booty. I'm like, <laughs> damn, new, new and everlasting covenant. I don't know about all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, people like need to take a step back and and dig deep and, and make it more than and, just and seek some seek some personal revelation like and um and and they'll be guided accordingly but also that's why we're here because we are going to share our story not only with you guys but with others to help people through that transition because so many people don't know what to what to do i didn't know what to do like when i went to my divorce like i mean i grew up in a, in a, in a broken home single mom then live with my grandparents because my mom um, went on a vacation is what I was told, but she actually went to, uh, she was incarcerated for some stuff and I had all kinds of crazy trauma in my life. So I've never had any healthy relationships to model after. Right. So I forgot my ADD totally is in full effect right now. <laughs> You're in good company. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes. Boom. My, my tribe. My so people. when you were going through your divorce, you didn't know how to go through it healthily because you had poor models of how to oh, do Oh yeah. That. So, so when I was going parents. through my divorce, I didn't have really a support system. I didn't have any family around. Like even like my old ward, like people started talking. Like I was literally, like, people were like, um, like, like what did the Amish do to people? Like when they, when they booted them out, what's that, what's that word? They yeah. Like them. I was being sung. 
by by people that profess to love me, like and I served in leadership capacities to these people, and all of a sudden people start talking and I'm like, all my, all my old war members are doing me dirty. And I'm like, what? Like you guys were supposed to, like, I thought you guys loved me. And now like, like, anyway, it was really hard. So, and then as a, as a, as a man, I was like, I lost my identity, right? Like my identity was built in uh, uh, being a husband and as a father. And the, and the church in a large way, like he converted when he was 15 years old, which yeah. you understand that's teenagers, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. That's- and then he got married kind of young and started a family right away. So, so anyway, so like, it was his whole identity. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't, man, I was a, I was a hot mess. I was like a, what did I say, what did I say the other day? I was a, uh, uh, basically I was like a train wreck inside of a dumpster fire inside of like <laughs> a, a five alarm building inside of a volcano hot mess. Like I mental health, depression, Man, like I struggled. Like I wanted to quit. Like I wanted to check out. Like I, it was too hard because I was stuck in this like eternal families. Like that's BS. Like not me. I guess I get to kick to the curb, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame, right? And so, but the point is, is like people need to like, like take, not give into all that darkness because it kicks in real quickly. Like you have to have a support system. I wish I would have had that because then I would have been able to like heal faster and get through that quicker um, without all the judgment and nonsense. But like, but, but men, they, they deal with things differently, you know? And I don't know if that was even applicable to what I said a while ago, but there you go. Yeah. Well, do, do you mind if I ask you guys a quick question? Yes, I do. Wouldn't you? Okay, good. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the time period after your divorce, there was a period where you said you were, you were hurting, you were broken and whatever those different terms you gave it. How long after that did you have to go through a healing process till you kind of recognized yourself that you were healed, if you will? I don't know how yeah, else you want to describe yeah, it. Yeah, or at least I, I was able to pivot and shift, right? And yeah, and what did that look like for you? Yeah, it was it was probably maybe a year, give or take. But being away from my children, like in another town with four walls and Man, oh, like every night was like an eternity. Like it sucked, like so bad. But the but the lesson was I had to learn to love myself and to love my own company. I had to fall in love with myself because I believe that's the most important relationship on the planet. So it took probably about a year of uh before I got there. Um, and I was using like unhealthy coping mechanisms because I'm like I'm 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 a human man. Like I make mistakes. Like I was defaulting to probably some childhood trauma stuff of abandonment and, and separation anxiety. It's like when my mom, like when, when she went to prison when I was younger and like, it sucked. I was pushed to my limits and that's, that's an understatement. Right. But eventually I just started like binge watching supernatural. Right. And then make people, <laughs> don't we all. Yeah. Yeah. It really did. And then like, I was like, uh, and then I was uh, making homemade nachos. I was trying to do some of the simple things that like made me feel good. And then I started, um, I started going to some events. Uh, I actually went to, um, I, well, I don't want to promote anybody, but, but uh, I went to some crazy seminar and I firewalked. I learned all kinds of like dope stuff and, and principles and breathing techniques. Like life coaches. Yeah. And so, and I was like, wow. So I started to um, write in a gratitude journal where every day I would write, today I'm grateful for dot, dot, dot. And I would write a list of 10 things because I've learned like just like, gratitude is a great neutralizer, right? It's, a, it's the fastest and quickest way to, 
to alleviate ourselves and ascend above all the negativity that we're dwelling in, right? So that helped too. Um, one night, I remember like I was losing my, my mind and I'm like, I'm going to punch holes in the wall. Like, I'm like, what is going on here? And I was inspired to brain dump. So I went and grabbed my journal and I started writing every single principle I've learned in my entire life. Like I just started, proximity is power, clarity is power, you know, this and this, blah, 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 right? Birds of a feather flock together. Everything I can possibly think about, I was trying to get out of my mind and onto paper. And when I was done, I had like 270 or some odd just things that I learned. But by the time I was like halfway into it, my body just started to calm down and all the stuff was like coming out of my, my mind onto the paper. So I pointed that brain dumping session, I actually probably saved my bacon because I didn't lose my marbles like I was wanting to, because, you know, there's unseen forces that are like, that we have to deal with. And they were just, they were having a heyday with me. Right. And I almost conceded to, you know, whatever, you know, lashing they were going to give me. But then because I did that and I was grateful for writing those things down in the moment, the gratitude neutralized and, and allowed my light to expand and, and I guess push that darkness away, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question a year, and also what was a game changer is there was a clubhouse in, in the neighborhood that I was living in. And I'd never been a gym rat, right? And I'm like, you know what? I need to start exercising. I'm not getting younger. I got to bring sexy back. <laughs> One day I'm going to get married. I got to get rid of the dad bod. And my whole goal was like, I just want to take my kids to the pool. I want to take my shirt off and just feel good about my life. That's it. I'm not trying to get ripped. I'm not trying to get swole. I just want to take my shirt off and just be like proud that I'm a man, right? <laughs> so I started going to this clubhouse. And after like two, three weeks of just like not knowing what I'm doing, using the universal machine thing and cables and all this and this, I started to like feel better. And I was looking in the mirror and I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, like my arms were getting bigger. I, like, I was getting gains, but right. And I was like, dude, like this is amazing. <laughs> so I just, it, it became my therapy. So like the gym became my therapy because you have to stay physically active because movement um, is life, right? Like, you know, if you stay still for too long, right? Idle hands, you get hammered. So, and even to this day, if I sit around for more than a couple of days without doing anything, like freaking the, the jaws of hell will come gaping after me. I have to get up and I have to move. It's just something I have to deal with. So when I started exercising, it changed the game. My confidence got better. I was writing my gratitude journal. Um, I was starting to just love myself for what, for and accepting my body for what it was and, and, and forgiving. Like I, I was going through this whole forgiveness process as well too, which I can share those steps with you a little bit later. Um, and then when I, when I applied those steps and those principles, it, it just like it, it, um, it sped the, as like a catalyst. It sped that healing process up for me. So then finally, I was like, boom, your boy is back. I'm back. And now I'm going to go slay all these amazing missing women in Washington County and St. George, right? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not 20 years old anymore. I can't go and slay them, but I will go and I will make friends. And so my objective was like, I don't need to, I don't want a relationship. Like, I'm, I love my company. I, I don't, I want people around me. Like I fell in love with being alone. It was crazy because I'm a people person. Right. And so, um, ultimately, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I started to make friends. That was the objective is like make friends. Cause everything should start at a friendship level and, and build upon that. So I'm like, and when I changed that, it changed like my energy. Like, so when I would go out in public, all of a sudden I'm like, I felt like people like turning and looking, well, women, right. Whatever. Because like I, something shifted in me and like my frequency changed because I was like, you know, like, like, yeah, like BG is like staying alive. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like oh, awesome. 
because I wasn't out there in the place. I wasn't coming from a place of scarcity, like meaning like I need a relationship. I was coming from a place of abundance, right? And so like, yeah, I'm going to just make friends one day, you know, I'm not one day, but I'm going to make friends, um, you know, with these women and men, right? And and that's that was a huge shift for me because you can't be attached to the outcome of, 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 of things because then you just set yourself up for unnecessary failure and suffering, right? But if you make, you know, if you're creating friendships and you start building these friendships, then things will grow and evolve. The endorphins may or may not kick in. Then you start asking yourself the deeper questions like, wow, could I spend, you know, uh, my life with this person? Can I build a kingdom with this person? Is this person going to be a good partner? Can I bring, bring this person around my children? Like, is, has this person worked through all their nonsense or are they still going back to their, their, their cycles of trauma, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, so there's, there's multiple things that we all need to do to work through um, that, that divorce process or relationship breakup process. So anyway. Sorry, that was probably the that was the extended version of the answer that you <laughs> probably were not. So I apologize. You can go back and edit later. And it's what Nick's great at. You it's great. It. <laughs> Is it the same for you? Does it a similar process for you, Soraya, or something different? I think um, all my years of dating. I think like between me and my girlfriends, we had a law, a rule to follow. Like, do not get into a relationship with anybody within a year of their divorce or a major breakup. I think all of us can agree that's pretty sound advice. And if anybody's trying to come out and imagine if we fall in love within the first year, like there are some that make it, but but for the most part, it's not healthy. Um, But for me personally, I, um, I was ready to date pretty early just because when I got a divorce, I had just come back from a deployment because I was in the military. And so I'd already spent um, time away. And we kind of already came to like, uh, we weren't separated, but we were, we were because of the laws of nature, right? I was in Iraq. Um, and, but I didn't find myself getting into healthy relationships until about two years into my divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, and recognizing that and being able to look back and be like, okay, I wasn't dating for the right reasons. Um, and just being able to acknowledge that and forgive myself for that, um, that was hard, but then also super healing and like dating with children is a whole nother thing makes you more cautious. And so I think I, I would date people for company, but I wasn't dating people for a long-term relationship. And so that caused barriers. And that goes back to what Kiko was saying. Like, I didn't know what I wanted. Like I was saying I wanted another relationship to lead to marriage and I wanted the eternal family and I wanted all of that. But at the same time, I was ignoring red flags and I was dating people who were close. Like when I got divorced, I was in Texas, middle of nowhere, Texas, Colleen, Texas, and the only two men that I knew were my age and LDS and single, I dated <laughs> in a hundred mile radius. <laughs> I dated both of them. Um, and so my expectations were low. My, uh, yeah, like I, I was dating beneath myself as far as like what would really bring happiness, what would bring marriage, who would be a good father. Um, And so it took me probably a good four or five years and it came after I spent an entire one full year 
when I was like starting to do all the events and I was starting to like really, you know, we had like a 400 person event that I helped plan. And I was like, this is the most singles I've ever seen my age ever. In place. <laughs> and, but during that time, I didn't date. I took an entire year and I didn't date. I just focused on me. I focused on my child. I focused on my career. I focused on mid-single stuff. Um, and uh, it was actually, it was beautiful. A, a whole entire year, no dating. Like Kiko said, just making friends, just meeting people, just trying to help other people who were going through a similar thing and just service. I felt like I was serving by hosting events and hosting parties and trying to talk to bishops and state presidents and educate them on, you know, the the plight of the middle-aged single and the LDS church and how they were being underserved. And that's when I felt like I was really ready um, when I turned to service and I turned to like not worrying about it. And then I was ready to meet the right person because apparently he was still, he was still married then. So... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing the right thing, right? You know, like like I was letting sh- guilt and shame like beat me over the head and stay in this pattern of toxicity because that's what I thought was true and that's what I was supposed to do. Um, I just didn't know any better, yeah. right? And so, but we all have to learn. We all have to go through opposition and o- hopefully have have breakthroughs. Um, and, and we we support and- marriage, but we also believe that there is a time and place for ending relationships or moving on from a partner that isn't right. So no, I don't believe the Lord uh, is going to be like, Hey, uh, why don't you stay in this uh, toxic marriage and get the ever living dog crap kicked out of you. And so you feel like a big piece of worthless dog poo and stay there. And then eventually, you know, twinkling of an eye, you'll change and, and you'll be and blessed. Teach, like, your, yeah. teach your kids yeah, poor yeah. relationships, teach yeah. your kids poor marriage, like yeah. be a bad example for your children. We don't, we don't believe that's what, the Lord wants. And funny fact though, when, For he, us anyway. when he was newly divorced and before he was healthy, he heard about one of our parties at the Palms for New Year's Eve. Oh, I remember when you used to do those. Yeah. And we did this giant party at the Palms with like, we had like flew in JTM to come give us a private concert. Mm-hmm. We had a pool that hung over. We had the Hugh Hefner suite and he heard about it and he was going to come. But he didn't think that he was in a place where he was ready to date and he didn't want to bring his toxicity into something else. Yeah. Did you hear what she said? She said that you have nursery playboy. I remember. I'm working on my hand control and going to you have to sweep with a bunch of beautiful women. Like I'm going to succumb to the temptation. Right? So we almost but, met. We almost met. Uh, much sooner, but it didn't happen and it didn't happen until we were both both ready. But if you are in that position of like, you hear about these events, I've, I've always said like, I feel like it's okay to go meet people and make, meet friends because you're going to eventually get advice from people. Like some of our friends now that are now going through divorce, like the men especially recommend them as silly as it might be. The time you would have spent with your family and kids at night, maybe you go get a second gig you know, maybe you go do DoorDash, mm-hmm. maybe you go Uber, maybe you do something that whenever you're feeling like a worthless piece of crap, worthless piece of crap, <laughs> you can go and yeah. you have an activity that you can go do by yourself and you can, you know, earn the extra money to help pay for the child support you have to now pay or whatever your situation is, men or women, like how do you entertain yourself without your kids? Yeah. 
And um, you gotta stay, you gotta stay busy, but not so busy where you're neglecting your self care. Yeah. So that we like, we like to give people advice. We and newly divorced, we have, we have several people that are Kiko's friends that now we recommend, like, hey, go, go follow this person, follow this person, go to this event, do this, and it's it's healing, even if you're not there to meet anybody. No, I but love that. There's light at the end of the at the end of the uh, the, the tunnel, right? Like there's <laughs> beauty and there is pure love on the other side of all of the nonsense that we have to go through. And then you get to start the, the difficulty that, of, of marriage true. and and at our age, inevitably almost always blending of families. So yeah. <laughs> a whole nother <laughs> a whole nother bag of problems that you're not prepared for. <laughs> yeah, we've been married for three and a half years and it feels like thirty years. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Obviously. I'm married to freaking Kariah. Come on now. Okay. I have a question for Kiko before we we do have to kind of end this in a few minutes. And I'm so sorry because we're almost at 50 minutes. Um, But my question. We haven't even let you guys talk. I'm sorry. sorry. We'll quit talking. No, no, no. No, no. It's been fantastic. It's actually been great. It's been wonderful. So Kiko, one of the things you talked about was you figured out what you were looking for. And once you found it, you were like, that's it. Can you give us some examples of what you were looking for, especially in like a healthy mindset? Uh oh, she's Absolutely. smiling. <laughs> Absolutely, sister. I'm about, topic. Yeah, thank th- thank you for uh, for pitching that underhand because I'm about <laughs> the thing is going over anytime. Like, so uh, I'm in I'm a real estate broker, realtor, right? Whatever. So like in my years of um, selling real estate, I've, I've learned a little bit about people. Um, their default settings, how they make decisions, all that good stuff. So I took that and I applied that to relate. To, well, I applied it to myself, and then when I learned like why I'm crazy, why I make decisions too fast, or I speak too fast, or I interrupt, or like I leave with my heart and I forget to think of like all my shortcomings and strengths. When I reconciled all those and just loved myself for for who I am and those uh, default settings. I was like, cool, I'm going to use this to go and, and find the person that I'm going to match well with so, because I was, go ahead. But, uh, I was going to say his, his, his ex was his polar opposite as far as personality type. Yeah. And he decided, no, I want to marry somebody that's the most similar to me. So yeah, so I was married to a very analytical woman and I'm very expressive. So polar opposite, right? And so I, I was like, I want to be a, a, in a marriage with someone who understands my strengths and uh, most importantly, my weaknesses and who's not going to guilt me or shame me or cause me to feel bad for my weaknesses. Because when you marry to your opposite, that weakness to them is like, well, why is that a challenge for you? Right. They don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, well, if I marry someone with a similar personality as myself, we'll both have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. Which also has this problem. So when we're both on, we're on. When we're both off, we're off. But we're not going to make each other feel bad about it, right? We're never on time to anything. Yep, yeah, we're going to be late to our own funerals, just like I was to our wedding, right? Yes. So that's okay. So so basically, when so I, I was like, so there's four basic personality quadrants that I've learned to identify. So I told myself when I was ready to go date, I'm going to go date every one of them, right? And I broke my rule. Because I was like, no analyticals ever again. Like the, the emotions are and feelings are foreign to them. Like, no. <laughs> so I, I broke my rule and I went and dated an analytical. Nothing, nothing's not wrong with analytics. Nothing's wrong with analytical women. Not his- this is not my person. It's not my preference, right? Yeah. Like, you no, know, like I have a ton of amazing analytical friends, right? But like I broke my own rule and then I, I spent more time than I should have in a relationship. And it, it what I knew was gonna manifest, manifested because people are predictable with, with the way we default. So then I went and dated, and I call it amiable. Like those are like the Mother Teresas of the world. Like, you know, like everybody 
He loves them. Nobody says a bad thing about them. They love serving people. But, but the challenge with them, though, is um, they don't tell you what you want to, what you need to hear. They tell you what you want to hear. And I'm like, I need a strong woman that's going to confront me when I need to be confronted, right? And so ultimately, that um, I, I, I dated a woman that had that personality. It didn't work out. And then I dated a driver, which is um, the, the other extrovert, right? <clears throat> and the less doer, the go getter. Yeah, the, the they 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 bottom line oriented. They get things done. They take charge. And being in that relationship was interesting because um, uh, my personality and the driver personality were both extroverts. However, the drivers dominate, right? <clears throat> they do things autocratically. So being on the other end of that, um, a feedback from, from, that, from that woman, like she dominated every conversation. Everything I did wasn't right. She took, um, I was in the real estate business, I think at that time for like 12 or 13 years. She was in it for like a year and a half. And she was telling me how I do everything wrong. And, and, that, and I'm like, what? Like, like I've had a decent career. And, and so being on the other side of being shut down all the time, I'm like, holy crap, have I done that to people? Because I never want to do that ever again. Mm -hmm. So I recognize I'm going to get shut down my whole life if I marry a, a driver. Um, but any, any of these personalities work if someone's versatile and they work on themselves and, and try to be versatile, right? So ultimately, I realized I need to mail, marry the female version of myself. So it was real easy to identify an expressive because when we meet our tribe, we feel it. We know it right away just because of the way we are. Mm -hmm. So so I've learned. So it's three days on the dating app where literally he was walking me through the personality type questions yeah. to narrow down which one I was. And then I'd ask him and he'd be like, no, I'm not answering. I'd be like, okay, well, I have the same question for you. He's like, no, we're only figuring you out right now. And I was like, <laughs> rude. Like I almost quit on him. I'm like, I'm not just going to sit here and answer all these questions, but I did it. So, so those I are the, passed. yeah, she did. So, <laughs> so those are the secondary requirements, but my primary requirements were my non-negotiables. So I, I, I wanted a woman who had been divorced before, um, because then she would understand, um, hopefully teamwork and commitment. Um, I wanted her to have me a mother so that hopefully she understands unconditional love. Right. Um, like those things, were, not that people who haven't been, and not, yeah, yeah. Those were just my requirements. Right. I'm that I wanted, right. I was, I was fluid with them, but that's what I would have preferred because I can't teach somebody like uh, anyway. And then I had some other non-negotiables and I stuck to them. And then I had my, my other negotiables that I was fluid with. Right. But you have to be clear on your non-negotiables um, because if you're not and you compromise them, like you're going to set yourself up for failure. So once you get those core things put together and you stick to them, then you can apply, you know, like the personality thing. Like, do I want someone opposite of me? Do I want someone that's somewhat like me? Do I want someone that's mostly like me? And then if you can answer that question, I can teach and give you the tools of how to identify those people. And then it just happens with unconscious competence. Like it's just in you. You can identify them real quickly and you can, out of a room of thousands of people, you can, you pick up on this stuff real quickly. Um, and it just narrows the process down and, and you can choose which of these strengths or weaknesses do I want to spend the rest of my life with. So, yeah, that's so unbeknownst to me, he wasn't trying with friendship first. He wasn't trying with like banter first. He, I, I believe he, well, the number one thing was bootylicious. So <laughs> that, that was his first thing. That's check, how I check. got the swipe. That's <laughs> my kids. They will tell you because that, that, that booty is celestial, bro. It's just like, fun. wow. And I'm like, I got to have that. And then he started straight into personalities. And once he determined this is the personality that I'm looking for, then we started to build the friendship. And like I said, he was super patient. Like once he decided you're expressive, this is what I'm looking for. Um, this is the personality type I want. And he went through his non-negotiables. Unbeknownst to me, then we started building the friendship. But he 
he kind of got to the point where he wasn't going to waste his time building friendships first with people that weren't the personality style he decided that he meshed with the best. How long did you guys date before you got married? Oh, man. So we started talking six months, met at the general conference dance four months. Okay. So we met so we met in April. We got married in August. Yeah. So April, yeah. May, June, July, August. Boom. I closed it in four months, guys. We started- <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like four months we I closed it because I knew what I wanted. Like I just needed her to catch up. And plus I started I, I got crazy clear inspiration that like I knew that this like I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend my life with this woman. Uh, and whether she knew it or not, I had to be patient with it. Um, which was, which was hard, but it was also okay. Cause I learned to just be alone. Right. And that's why I didn't care that she was out dating other people at the time, because I'm like, I had worked really hard on myself. I was in a good place. And I'm like, none of these guys can step to me because of how I feel about myself. And I'm not in competition with anybody else but myself. Right. And that's why I told her, I go, you know, when you're done doing what you need to do, like I'll be down in Cedar city. So, you know, and if you do want to maybe, you know, uh, start this process or, or begin this journey together, let me know when you're ready. And I'll, and I remember, I think I said something to the effect, they use this to like on memes now, but I said something to the effect of like, you know, I, I'm totally okay if I have to eat uh, alone at my table because I know what I, I'm okay with eating alone because I know what I bring to the table, mm. right? So I don't need someone else to show up because I know what I bring to the table. So trust me when I tell you I'm okay with eating alone. Right. I said something to her like that. Dude, it was so pimpalicious. It was like, dumb, right? it, was like <laughs> it was a takeaway clothes. It was a takeaway clothes. No. But it was my but it was my truth. But right? you, but you, you he sailed the deal in Duck Beach when he we were doing karaoke and he I don't even what song did you sing? Oh, I think it was like the weekend or he, it was he busted of, out a karaoke performance like no other. And I was like, I'm gonna marry that man. <laughs> You guys are so cute and I'm so sorry we have to end it because we're almost at an hour, but I cannot say thank you enough for talking to us. And I was like messaging Soraya. I'm like, you guys need to do a TikTok account, especially, especially Kiko, like just fantastic, (laughs) especially for men that are going through divorce and like healing from divorce. Like you, I mean, Soraya, you, I hope you know how many lives you have helped change. Like you really have over the years, like you truly help change people's lives and it was just amazing to watch and I love that I get to call you both friends and thank you so much you're just fantastic so thank I'm sure for- we'll talk again soon yep thank you for having us on we appreciate it okay we love to be able to share <laughs> all right we love your faces we'll talk to you soon <laughs>